This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our Sandy and Royal Blue special for the Battle Fever podcast. Um, today I'm joined by, it's probably fitting actually that you're here because the two years went on the march that Sandy was part of. So the day I'm joined by Willie, who's one of my uh, good pals, best pals for years, and we're going to discuss Sandy's playing career, which I think is probably one of the most exciting ones that I've had the pleasure of doing because it's who it is, it's Sandy Jarman at the end of the day. Definitely, and thanks for inviting me. I like to do it, big man. It was actually, it was just just doing the the research for it itself was really fun. And getting to watch, looking on YouTube, looking at a couple of wee books and that I've got, and just seeing different things about the, the man himself, and still being surprised by it, even though you've heard so much stuff over the years. Hi, hi. We know him obviously, Sandy, but William Buller Jordan was his name. Get called Sandy duty the colour of his hair. I think it was. Um, so, well, the, just the hangy, I've actually, one of the things I was reading, apparently it was the Ibrox trainer and physiotherapist, David Kinnear, that said because of his running motion, that it was like some, it reminded of someone running through sand. But I've always heard the hair. I've always heard the hair thing. So, 
I don't know, a, a couple of players can maybe confirm uh, that, whatever it is. That's brilliant, though, the fact that there's two things to that. That's brilliant. That's, that's, that's I never, I never seen that. that. Uh, obviously, I think I watched a thing with Sandy the other day there, and he said himself that including Scotland games, including friendlies, etc., he, he estimated that he played around 1,120 games now. If you've kind of looked a wee bit at the stats, you might be able to back that up. But Sandy kind of gave a rough guesstimate on that. There was 1,120 yeah. games. That, for a football player, is frightening. When you think of the amount of games that he's played. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like, it's just looking, it's again, looking through all the, the, the stuff and that. And you're seeing like, all the cup finals and that that he played in. At the cup finals, they were all the finals that we had in that time. Never yeah. missed them. Never, I, mean, I think you'd have read as well about the, it was the, the spell three, I think it was 72 to 75, 171 consecutive matches he played as well. And it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, we'll get into it obviously, but it's, it's just, it's, it's clear to see why he's regarded the way he is. Oh, I said to, to Jamar, when I spoke to him, he was obviously his great pal, and I said to him that at Rangers we've had many great players, but I think Sandy's in a bracket where we've got a few great Rangers really throughout the, the years, and Sandy's epitomises everything that that stands for, as far as I'm concerned anyway. Obviously, we, we said he joined he joined Rangers in 1965. We think, no, you might be able to back it up, but I, I can't find it, but I think his dad was actually a Rangers supporter, right? Because he was hearts, obviously, born through in Edinburgh, stone through away from Tyne Castle. Sandy said himself that he thought he was going to be a joiner like his brother, or he was going to be playing for hearts if it was football because it was his local team. But his dad actually says to him, we're going along, we're going, you're signing for, for Rangers. Well, I didn't actually know that, so that's that's news to me. I knew he was a heart supporter, um, uh, but it's just I would I would be I don't know if you know anywhere about how I actually got round to it ending up being Rangers. Maybe it was just a case of just going through to Glasgow and and whatever else might have happened. But it's interesting that as well. Well, it's just, it, it, it does say he said himself that when he walks he walked in, you see it was a proper football club and. That's that was that. He just, I think Sandy was just taken away by that, and, and, and that was it. But 1965, signed for Rangers. Yeah. Played under Scott Simon, I think it was. I think it was the manager then, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. And uh, although, as you would have seen as well, I, I think it was, it was a, two, three years before he got his debut. Yeah. Uh, which would have been under, that would have been under Scott Simon, aye. Aye. Scott Simon, I think, was his, was the manager that gave him his debut, obviously, and, and told him you've already broke the first the first rule because he showed up to Ibrox with nobody you know, calling Tyone and and things like that. You know, so even early doors, even as a young kid, he was dealt. That's no the way we do it here. That's there's a certain way we act, there's a certain way we we behave, and and we show up with Colin Tyone and Sandy for then on. I think he says himself actually he never ever entered Ibrox without a shot Tyone after that, even to the present. Well, I mean, sadly, he passed, but even up to then, it just it doesn't it doesn't surprise you. It really doesn't uh, okay. when you know the sort of man that he was. But it just shows you how far back standards like that went, and they would have been a lot longer than that as well. Well, you think they guys would have been learning for for Struth then? So obviously, when Willie Waddle and that became they took over, they were learning for Struth. So again, it was just coming for even the, the, the earliest part of our history that that we can. 
recall, you know, and well, he signed as a midfielder. We all know him as a, or we don't know him obviously as a football player because we're not old enough, but we know him as a roving fullback basically. But he started as a, as a, he signed as a midfielder and he spent a couple of years in the reserves for making his debut, as you said, in a 5 1 win, funnily enough, against Hearts. What, did you have any defending information about that that game in depth? Or? Uh, I didn't know. Um, that was it. That's uh, you'll probably have seen the, the, the same as you, Scott. It's, it's hard to get <laughs> stuff, and as I, as you said about the about our age, it's we've never, obviously never seen them. But I seen it was at five one. Uh, I think it was the fourth of February, nineteen sixty seven. Yep. And what struck me was uh, it was actually the week after uh, Berwick Rangers. So you the that disaster. So you don't know I mean I don't know is again, this is where we're hoping some older bears after it can maybe tell us is it maybe a case of they were looking for some changes after yeah. that game, and that's how he ended up getting his chance when he did, Sandy. But he took it. Oh, so he says he, he says himself, Scott Simon I think told him I think I think the team went up, he said what, twenty four, forty hours or something like that before the game and he's seen himself on the team and thought, right, small opportunity, the calamitous result against Berwick Rangers is well documented. So I think he took, he took that, that opportunity. But you touched upon it. It's what, three or, two or three years after he signed for the club, he made his, he made his debut. So he obviously had went through, and it'd be great for Sandy to still be here and, and tell you the stories he grown up. The two years even, who he looked up to, who took him under the wing, etc., and, and see who had the major influence on Rangers but obviously the week after we said we knocked out the Scottish Cup uh, we buried Rangers he scored his first Rangers goal a few weeks later in uh, 18th of March 1967 league match Aye. against Air United Aye. so he's, he obviously made an instant in, impact and, and of course played against Bayern Munich in the, the Cup well, final he could, he could, uh, he could almost you could literally say it's like for that, for that uh, game in February 1967, that was him, mm-hmm. in 1982, and, and it's, it's, it's bonkers, really, it really is. Did you, have you seen any footage for that, for that Munich Cup final? Uh, I've no, no I have not. We battled. I, I, I didn't know that at all. We I mean, battled. I know, was it finished 1-0? I won 100 metres, and the goal was a beauty, their goal was a beauty. Uh, I think it gives our boy the top, and the boy put it on the goalie, but... We bat, I mean, their, their goalie made two or three tremendous saves that, that kept them, you know, Rangers shooting out of sight. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't find a quote, but I've, I read a few that said that uh, Beckenbauer was raving about him after the game. High praise. Well, I, think he was still, I think he was still 18 at the time, which is, there you go. And it shouldn't be forgot, I think he'd have probably looked at it as well, Scott, that season and then the May, he scored an absolute screamer against the Celtic, did you see it? Have you uh, seen it on YouTube? It's a cracker, man. <laughs> cracker. He loved the goal against him. <laughs> and that's, that's three months. He's debut, 18-year-old. It's unbelievable. Uh, he, he played, obviously, various positions under, I think, obviously Scott Simon left, and, and David White, who was brought in to basically, I think, be groomed by Scott Simon to, to be the next, the next manager. Scott Simon, you know, gets sacked when we were top of the league. He get, beat. he get beat. I can't remember the game he get beat. Again, looking through some stuff, there's been 101 things I've looked at, but I forgot. But going through, we were sitting top of the league and we get beat in a game. I can't, something tells me it's Hibs. I can't remember, but we get beat. Scott Simon gets sacked and David White get promoted to 
to be the manager. And he played, he even played Sandy as a centre forward. I've seen that. I think he scored uh, 11 goals in the 12 games he played up front. Starting to good in the day. <laughs> Honestly, Scott, see the, see the thing is, right? I don't know about you, right? But see, when I've been watching, I'm watching some of the clips and that. I, I don't know the best way of putting this, but see when I watch, see when I, I think if that was 50, 50, 60 a year ago, it's a lot different. And I, I watched some guys that were at the, the top of their game when I ran about these times and I, and I think to myself, I, I don't know if they would they would make it because it, it changes, it changes all the way through, through the decades. I don't know if they would make it now, but there are certain guys at day and honestly, see watching Sandy, just the way he carried himself in the park, he could have played the new, honestly. Uh, uh, it was just the way I keep, I, kept, I think I read it three or four times, there was the word elegant, uh, was people describing him. And it, it's true, it really is. Well, he played, as I said, all over the park, I think. He a midfielder, played all over the defence, played a centre forward. But I think it was really when Wally Waddle took over as manager that, that Jarden found his... He's kind of full-back role. But I also think that coincides with what you're, what you're saying there about tactics coming into the game. And I think that's probably the first time when really we had, you know, it's a fashionista thing now, I think, tactics where really if you put 11 good players out in the park, put them in the right position, surely to God they should be good enough to win the game. Do you know what I mean? Aye. If you could just be better and want it more in the opposition, I think we get caught up a lot in tactics nowadays. And, and Sandy then found his. And I think, looking back on some of the footage, Sandy's ahead of his time because Sandy oh, was I a know, fullback that went forward. I attacked fullback totally, totally. Uh, you see it so many times, and uh, there's and the, the good thing was he had, he had the best of both because there's there's plenty for all the limited footage there is. There's plenty of um, uh, Danish job at the at the back as well. Aye, throwing my bogging in the net, and it's uh, you're totally right. Aye, just uh, the modern fullback playing in, playing in the late sixties. Uh, just think, you just imagine you think of Tavernier the new, and we talk about Tavernier going forward, he's bombs forward, puts great deliveries into the box. You see Sandy Jarden doing that in the 70s, you know, and you think it's not really that. It's, it's, just, I just think he was ahead of his time, and Willie Waddle obviously seen that and encouraged that. And I suppose it's great when you've got guys like John Gregg that can cover for you, and excellent midfield players that can come in and, and, and cover for you. I suppose your, your teammates really have to be your, your, your backup there, but. An excellent turn of pace as well. I've read some people say about him that he, was, he had an engine, obviously, up and down all day, just constant. And when he got the ball, and I think the goals that we're talking about as well, when he takes it for his own box against Celtic, a couple of one-twos all the way through, sticks in the back of the net. I think it was a cup final. It's a, it's a, I take it you thought about the 79? Yes. Ivory Cup final. That, it's a, I don't think I've seen the whole run. Aye. any footage which is which is a gutter because one of the clips I watched the commentator I'm not sure who it was is uh, basically saying that, that's that's one of the best goals that's ever been scored at, at Hamden Aye. and then you think to yourself I mean we, we know about the goal that's so definite but I was just going to say but the Cooper's goal steals the final and sadly Sandy's goal doesn't get the probably the recognition that it deserves no but that just shows you how good a goal it was but I, and that's that's before that's, that one's even been scored but I tell you it wasn't as I, and again, I keep coming back to limited footage. It wasn't his only cracking goal. Quite a few. Well, I think he scored at 77. Five which is which is a, a, again superb record. 
He won his first major trophy in 1970, beating Celtic 1-0 in the League Cup final. It's like, it's akin to what I keep saying about this season. The League Cup isn't important. We know that. And in the grand scheme of things, we want to win the league. But really, to get your first trophy under your belt as a Rangers player, look what it done for Sandy. I think you need. I think we need that. And Sandy obviously got that in 1970 in the League Cup final. And really, the, the, the unique thing, I think, about that era was that was the team that kind of took us through the 70s. And in the early 80s, you know, we won the Cup Winners Cup, etc. That that team stayed together all the way through. You know, there was Aye. no rebuilding when we had a poor season. And we did. You know, we, no, did, you, we did. You're right, you're right through it all. That was DJ. That was the 16-year-old, wasn't it? And yeah. the two, the two uh, Billy and McNeil and that. Um, and then you're thinking, there's, I think, I'm assuming, I mean, I might be wrong, as I say. But I'm sure Dodie would have been playing still then. You've obviously got Greg, DJ, uh, Big McCloy in goals, uh, and that's just a, that's just a couple of them I think I have to have in mind. I'm sure it probably that was still with Tommy McLean and all that as well. So you're right. Uh, but Colin Steen, Ali I, Johnson, right? But that's the it, thing. It Disney. What what it Disney take away for the fact is that that Sandy was there for that was him in his third season, and he, and he despite Rangers picking up that success because we weren't successful. I think when he when he first came in. And he still never lost his place in that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he worked, worked under five managers, remember, and I, he was never present under five, under the five, really. So I think I think I read he's he's only the I think he's only the second player to, to have done that at Ibrox, or he's one of the few anyway to play under five. Maybe he's either I don't think he's I think I, it might be he's either the only only one to play under five, or he's he's one of the first and. Again, it's just things like that, that that tell you how much he was rated. Mm-hmm. I mean, five minutes of them don't take you out of the team. I know. I know. Well, see, in fairness, recent recent years, Rangers players might have had the chance to play under five because we chopped and changed <laughs> well, them every time. I, I was my, that was, see, when I was reading that, that was my next thought was uh, of Tavano before I thought. Maybe, <laughs> I think maybe already has, but hasn't he? Andy Halliday when he went far away from oh, us. No. <laughs> but, oh, it's just... I mean that's, and that's that's in a, again there. That's testament how long he was there because that's that's a, that's five managers over. Well, it was what his first game, nineteen eight, the sixty seven eight, the fifteen year, you know. So that's in an era when that's him going. That's his whole career, and nobody's even right up to thirty threes. He's kept his his place in the team until it was really. I think it was really. We'll go into that later, but I think it was his choice really. Aye, aye. Even he did eventually. He's obviously he was never present in our probably Rangers' greatest ever team, winning the the European Cup Winners' Cup, scoring the incredible goal against Bayern Munich with a left foot, which DJ I think there's footage of DJ saying he didn't mean it. You know, and how can you say he didn't mean it? You know, it's an absolute worldy man. It's a cracker, man. Absolute cracker. Had the. Just uh, for him, probably I'd imagine it was, it was, it was a wee bit. Of, it was even sweeter because it was against Bayern. You know, they wanted yep. to survive for sixty-seven and getting that chance to to, to finally go the whole way. This thing, and that year as well was it no of them across the city had Inter as well, and Inter put them out to get That's, revenge for the sixty-seven, and we put. I am out to get range for 67, so... That's it, mate, and that that's, I, I just shows you the, how Scottish football has changed. 
And I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure the, the Rangers supporters back in still want to want name to go any further. Than <laughs> You know, um, but that game, I think, as well, touching the band game, and I think your papa tells a cracking story about that. Do you know what that game? Uh, I, I, do you know what? I, I think it might have been that game. I think I know the one you're talking about, the, the umbrella. I would umbrella. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know. I just know it was... It, he, he was saying, when it was the... He says about the German... He told me about the German was standing in front of him at the game. No, I don't know the context. Yeah, I might have just, I might have just picked up Ryan, but he, about the guy was complaining because he'd done Barella, <laughs> and he's, he was David giving him abuse. During the, the, the big German guy just turned round, calmly put the Barella down, put the wee button in it, and just don't know how he did it. Genius man. Turned back round and started put the Barella back up. <laughs> I don't know if that was that was me, and I say as I say, I don't. I, I need to find out more after him about it because it doesn't make sense to me that that they the be a German and their end, you know. But I, I, I'll need to find out. That is probably. I need to find out. And watching Sandy talk about that, Sandy says that we were we were counting. You say, say, I think his words were, "You hear a teams that didn't go out their own half." He says, "We didn't go out with box. <laughs> they battered Rangers that night, and I suppose it was sweet revenge for for what happened a few years previous, where we battered them. And far as I'm concerned, and, and they they took it one 0 But obviously, Sandy scored the first two 0 win and sent us on our way to, to Barcelona in seventy two. The rest is so that, That's it. Third time lucky, and I'm immortalised. If he if he didn't if he didn't play another game after this, and he played many games after it, as we know, he would have been. Forever immortalised as, as a legend, anyway. Uh, but I think that was it. Was maybe on that in the middle of that uh, run. That was when he's he's run a consecutive games that we're talking about. I yeah. think it was between the twenty seventh of April nineteen seventy two and the thirtieth August seventy five. Uh, one hundred and seventy one matches in a row, which is just it's bonkers. And you think of that time as well. I mean, at that time you had you would have had Jock Wallace eventually. Running around and doing the sand dunes and all that, you know, and and that's pro. By the way, Sandy's Sandy said that on, on countless platforms that that's probably the reason why, you know, that was all in the bank, all that fitness mm-hmm. training for the big job and stuff like that. And he he obviously seen that as well. I've never missed a I've never missed a game out of hundred seventy one games. That's Aye. that's mad to think nowadays players with the like and all the sports science that goes behind it and oh you must do this and you must do that and back then they weren't doing that. No, no. Well, big job was. I think he, he was he was there when Waddle was there, wasn't he? I don't oh. know. If he, and he was always a stickler for the for the fitness stuff, and with good reason. Oh. And it, it just shows you, as you say, that you don't that sometimes it's just a bit of hard work and and doing it rather than your sports scientists. And gone, gone, gone with the Bayern Munich game. That's what Sandy says that himself that they shot the boat the first half, and in the second half Rangers. But their fitness, superior fitness showed. Again, probably didn't he, guys like Big Jock? Because Big Jock was his assistant, wasn't he? Aye. He was the world's assistant. Aye. So probably didn't he, the, the, the fitness that Big Jock had instilled in them, you know, with the training that we then just overpowered Bayern Munich in the end and and, and went to the final in, in Barcelona. But Did you did you get any more uh, comments about the, the final itself that you seem to be Sandy talking about? And... I, t- I, I tried... Sandy says that Big Jock went and visited 
he, he watched them. He watched them. And uh, he went and he brought back photographs of every single player of their team and basically gave them to whoever they were up against directly in the Rangers team and said, that's your man. Told them about them, the right foot or left foot, whatever they, they could do, etc. And he only really watched them the one, the once or twice. It's a, it's a con Sandy anyway. And he said that, that that's the kind of preparation they had. They couldn't go and they couldn't tap it because of where they came from. They couldn't go and tap into the hours you know, of footage to watch. You know, it was it was done kind of half the cuff a wee bit. And well, I don't know. You race into a three now lead. It must have worked. Well, that's that, isn't it? <laughs> of course, I was reading. I was reading the 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 they had a bit of a moan after it, saying that the supporters, <laughs> the, the manager said that their supporters had, had terrified them. So they had done that, and then that was how they they couldn't perform. So, I've done a joke. That's before we ran on the park. So, <laughs> Must have frightened the shit out of them. That's what I'm saying. So, so that's the issue. We never done anything wrong with that point. Uh, uh, obviously, after that, we we, we move on. In, never missed, we said, never missed a single game until August 1975. Performances were acknowledged by Scottish Football Writers Association who voted them their player of the year. Yep, that's right. I think that was the. Uh, I think that was seventy-five, uh, and that was also when they stopped uh, ten in a row. Ten, when I nineteen seventy-five, and the, the iconic images and, and footage. Uh, Easter Road, the game we stopped it, and Sandy Jardin jumped on Jock Wallace, and Jock Wallace carrying them. So the part like you just see that's you know as the team spirit, the bonding, the, oh, the, how important I, Sandy I, was. I that. Um, I don't know. Was that was that Easter Road you say there? I don't. Was that a game? Was that a game that uh, Greg picks the ball up at a full time whistle and and he's you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that is it. I always remember my dad talking about that. And it, and again, it's like you said. It's there's all these guys. A lot of them have played for us all the way through this run that they've had, like Sandy for for a vast majority of it. And for them to be, to have got to that, to finally get out of the line and stop it. Mm-hmm. And then for mere success, it was, it was to come. And for him to be such a big part of it. Such a big part of that, that thing about it, as you see, winning the Writers Play of the Year. Uh, well, 75, 76 is the first of Sandy's two trebles. So, you know, you see the success it comes to win a treble, probably diluted a wee bit in recent years, given how we measure the success of winning a treble nowadays but certainly back then we had a strong Celtic team opposing Rangers we had strong teams through the division do you know what I mean to, to win it to win that then is absolutely unbelievable and for Sandy to do it twice testament again to, to the ability that's that definitely definitely he's mm-hmm. it's just a, a, again it's just a, a key part of, of both teams it's it's a, it's it's frustrating because it's as it, as we've said it's just finding mm-hmm. that information about them. I can't I I had done somewhere I can't remember where I put it who we played against in the two cups, but uh, it might have been seventy six. Uh, see one of the you can think of this you can edit this bit properly because I'm rambling on now I'm trying to figure out what I'm talking about next again. But the it was in the wee hands I was reading. I don't know if you've have you got the big 
book of the... Madah, is it? The news. Aye, saw the newspaper. What headlines aye. and articles on it. Aye, right, right, well, right. Bring me back into this bit when I'm a bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think it was uh, one of the, the the I don't know I'll need to double check if it was seventy might I think it was a seventy six treble uh, where we we played Celtic in one of the the finals it might not have been it might be seventy eight but it get the uh, basically for what I was reading it was a terrible final but the as and it seemed to be a theme throughout it didn't matter. How the how the game had went and how the team had performed, that in these Lee's news reports, Sandy was one of the ones that was played that played well. Yeah. He always he always he was he always a standout. Even in that game where the form was uh, the the game itself, both teams. He was one of the few that came out of the pass marks. So it's. Again, it's just it's just no surprising when you, well, you start the, looking at it. The 75-76 Cup final, a uh, League Cup final, with Celtic we played and we, we beat them 1-0, obviously it's one cup, beat them 1-0. And the 75-76 Scottish Cup final, it was Hearts and it was 3-1. Three, 3-1, three, one. One. aye. I think it was the 76 one, it must have been, because I'm sure it was 1-0. And aye. as I say, they get the, the news report I was reading about it um, was just, it was just... Absolutely slate it for how it was just a turgid, terrible final. But I, I, I just remember a wee paragraph, and it, it was it was the few three or four players that they said could basically hold their heat up, and Sandy was one of them. And it was a, it was a running theme that he, he would when they were taught about who's who's playing well during uh, during these these. It was it's obviously that that book. It's all the big games in it. It's the it's the big moments, Aye. and it always gets mentioned. Always, if. It, it was it was just a running theme all the way through it. I think as well going into the, the, the second treble, the 77-78, I think the signings of Gordon Smith, David Cooper, who's yeah. the other one? Bobby Russell. Bobby Russell. That, that really kind of pushed the team on because as we said, that team had tennis for the late 60s, early 70s, right through the, the, the 70s. Aye. And I think they were probably coming to the end of their time and, and some regards and they needed a wee bit of you know, a wee bit of freshness, and I think, well, obviously, did you see freshness, but you add the magic of David Cooper into the mix, and Bobby Russell, obviously a great player, Gordon Smith as well, who we spoke to you on the podcast, and he's, I mean, see, looking some of the footage of him as well, such an Aye. underrated football player. No, well, it, just, it, I don't, I, um, it would have been him and Big DJ, I think it was a striker, Gordon Smith, is that right? It was brought in, it, Gordon Smith said he was a kind of attacking midfielder, again, probably ahead of his time, but he Aye. liked to be the middle of the park, but be the one that was allowed to, to, to roam. But he scored, no, I can't remember the exact figure, but I told, I've spoken, speaking to Gordon Smith about it, but he was only picked, he scored something like 38 goals that season, right? Oh, that's, I think DJ scored DJ. 40, I think. Aye. Aye. But I knew, that's, that's what I was asking, because I knew that he, he'd, put his, his fair contribution to it and I'd, God knows how many of the goals were put on by Sandy as That's well exactly or, or even him Sandy starting at starting half giving the ball to Tommy McLean or whoever it was that was playing in front of him and, and then it leading the goal, goal for that he's a it's, I can't mind what game it was now actually it's, it's, it's escaped me but where he chips the goalie I think it's at Hamden Sandy chips the goalie and uh, I what? watched that today what a goal, man. Do you know, the, 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 the composure, they just lift it out of him 
into the net. I can't. I seen it last night, and I can't remember what, what game it was because there was that much stuff you're looking at. And the girls just handed. I seen it today, Wigan. It is a tremendous goal. So as it's just, it's class, man. Right. It's class. And is it, and honestly, I, I I come back to 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 what I was saying earlier. There's just there's just a certain way that, that players for that for the years carry themselves, and, and they don't look like they could they could do it. No, oh. but. Honestly, you see me see some of the footage of him. And that we'll, we'll go into, uh, when we go a wee bit further on, there's another couple of goals like that that just personify it, you know? Aye, aye. It's brilliant, man. Just He's, a great player. He, as I said, the, the biggest tribute probably you could pay Sunday is they were a big game player. And, no, it probably actually probably does him a disservice because Sunday, I think, so consistent. It, it, it was every game, you know, you said games that were, we were poor, Sunday was a standout. But mm. the big games, Celtic Cup finals, Sandy was, you know, you could actually see it. You know, the goals he scored were frightening sometimes for a fullback. A striker would be proud of some of the finishes that Sandy had. Was he, at, uh, there's quite a bit of footage of him hitting penalties as well. I, regular penalty taker at one point as well. I didn't get the start, you know, and I was meant to get it because one of the boys I worked with, has he's helped me a lot with some of the with some of the stats and stuff and, and that and and he actually says to me that he does he isn't sure if Sandy actually missed a penalty. He's, he's not sure. I think he's almost did he score one goal for Scotland? Aye, I think that was a penalty. Well, aye. Aye. Uh, aye. I'm not sure who that was. That was against. But we've not even mentioned the. I think maybe you were planning to go and apologise if you were big man, but we've not even mentioned. Um, the 74 World Cup and the, I think he played at 78 as well where him and, him and Danny McGrain were basically 74 and, and for Titler I think they were the two full-backs of the, the two was, was that the World Cup we were unbeaten? Unbeaten, aye uh, Brazil Yugoslavia I was just reading it this morning It's some weird nation though isn't it the last one it's some Zaire Aye Zaire it was Aye, aye. and uh, I would I think uh, let's, let's just Caught it. Uh, speak about uh, Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney. Why he was at right back because he was a the better player. <laughs> Danny McGrain says that himself. Danny McGrain says when I came into the Scotland team, I get shifted to left back because Sandy was a better player than me. Well, that's where Holsey moves. So we're not being biased at all. No, and I think yeah. I was right. As much as he was a great player, a great fullback, but I think I you're right in terms of the Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson thing. You're playing there because he's better than you in the actual position that you're supposed to be in. So Aye. tough. But uh, no, for Scotland, as, as you rightly say, I, I, was it 30 odd caps he got? 38. 38, 38 now with 40 caps. That's, again, what a hole that is as well. As, I mean, there's, there's, I don't, I wouldn't, there's not as many games back then. I think, I think people think a lot of the time, well, I think David Cooper only got 20 odds or something, which isn't, it, which isn't enough, aye. But mm. I don't think there was as many internationals, was there really? In the no. first place. So that, that probably has a lot to do with it. So 38 thingy, but again, it probably still isn't enough for a guy who has calibre. I'm not sure when his last cap was, but I dare say it probably wasn't. It was a few years before he he chucked it, and, and by all accounts, he probably could have kept, kept playing. And again, no. probably jump on, but I, I, well, no, probably certainly jump on, but testament to the to the man that he was willing to risk that because he's in the Hall of Fame for the SFA mm-hmm. and willing to risk all that for 
ultimately in protest at the treatment of the club or how right. he perceived to be the, the treatment of the club, poor treatment of the club. And Sandy was willing to he actually risk that in 2012 to say, I don't care if you take me out of your Hall of Fame, what you're doing to the Rangers is wrong. And again, putting the, the club before he's in interest. And I think as, as researching, you'll probably find it as well, researching stuff on Sandy on and off the field through, the, through this for doing this, it's a recurring theme that Sandy put others above himself and put the club first and foremost. Oh, I totally and you were talking about well, I was talking about the the treble winning team in seventy eight. The I can't even remember just that as I measured the man in in a flowing for what you said there about him putting him putting others above himself. The the seventy eight League Cup final, I can't even remember who it was against. I read it uh, yesterday and I forgot. But Bobby Russell, I think he played for I think Rangers signed him for Shelton Juniors. I did. So that's him just coming in. His first cup final. He played all the way through that run, and he was he was injured uh, for the or he had the I think he had actually had the flu. It was recovering for for the final, so he missed it. So obviously Rangers won it, and Sandy gave him his medal. Over also. So it, it's it's just it, it it doesn't surprise you. It, no. it really doesn't. And that's what you keep. I keep hearing just the measure of the man, and that—that's exactly it. That's some personified class, personified. Uh, uh, a, a brilliant gesture. Also, getting into the eighties, uh, well, John Gregg, obviously taking out at the club, and I don't know if give we one there around, so maybe other Rangers fans that are older than us can help us out. But John Gregg taking over was John Gregg maybe too loyal to some of the the players that he played with. Maybe he should have freshened it up a wee bit. I don't know. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, I suppose. But Sandy it's, was certainly mainstay for him. Oh, I definitely. But it's it's also hard when you're you're just coming in and the team's just won a treble. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard not to. Not to you, you, would, you, you would think as well if you lost. I mean, if it went the same way and and, and Greg had come in and totally changed the team a bit, you'd done and say, well, "Why did you change the team that won the treble the year before?" Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But I th- and and speaking to Gordon Smith on this, DJ. Moved to centre half or moved to sweeper, so you're taking forty odd goals out of the team, Aye. and no replacing that. You you take forty goals out of any team. You take with Messi, you take Messi out of Barcelona with the goals that he scores every year. They're going to struggle. Do you know what I mean? Aye. So you put DJ back there, then the burden kind of fell on other people. And Sandy obviously chipped in. Gordon Smith, I say, I think Gordon Smith got something like eighteen that season, which for a midfielder is still a really really decent return. Aye. But you know, there was the things there that I think maybe if Greggy maybe try to replace John uh, Derek Johnson, then plus you need to replace Greggy Sell. Well, that's it, and I, but I think the you you maybe be able to have looked into a wee bit more. I think we really well, I think we should have won the league that year. So we should have won the treble. I think we 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 made an asset four two against Celtic, a rearranged game at Parkhead. And I think I th- I think I might be wrong, but I think Colin Jackson scored an own goal. I think McCloy punched it off his head and it ended up in his net or something. Oh god! And th- and that that ultimately cost us the, the league championship. And it was a Monday night we, apparently. Because we don't we we won the the two cups. I'm sure it, it, I've got doing that Sandy won the, the Scottish in the league cup in '79. So, but it just shows you, and it could have been it could be so so much different for for Big Greg, you know. Fine lines That's it. to winning a title. You know, you, the one thing that we that, that you, you'll know that yourself that 
that he, he did do pretty well with. Uh, Big Greg, I think, was his European. Aye. Obviously, PSV in that, uh, some big results. And I dread that he, he would play him quite frequently. Greg would play Sandy as a sweeper away in Europe and for spe- specific games at home. Uh, just like domestic fixtures, just, it just underlines his, his versatility Aye. and the job that he could do. And the trust that, that John Greg had on him that he could game a role that's maybe not suited to him, but Sandy's just still done it with distinction as he always did. But I mean, going to that, touching that PSV one, I think the PSV one, I'm sure the players in that were, were in a pub or they were in somewhere with journalists at the time. And the journalist at the time had said to them, That's your Europe, because they obviously the game at Ibrox, Europe. Aye. And and the Rangers players and John Gregg, they're like, No, you can't think that that would go. They hadn't been beat at home in something like, is it two or three years or something like that? They hadn't been beat at home. You know, I, so don't, think, I don't think they'd ever been beat in Europe. The competition at home either. That, you might be right, that might just be their, their, their run going up to that point, but I don't think they'd been beat at home. As again, we're, we're looking at the, the older bears here to apologise if we get anything wrong. But, uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty, but no, it's it, it is, it's it's just a it's it, I'm no surprised uh, again the people that are involved that these they, these and yeah, that's when you come back to Sandy that, that so many of these guys what they had won for us and what they've done for us that that they're the ones to do it, but it was coming to an end. Aye, it was, and I think I, I talked to some people for that era. The privilege of doing this and actually being able to talk to some players for that era, era and, that, and also Jim Hanna. The Sandy, I think, was pretty miffed, shall we say, that John Gregg didn't give him the captaincy when Gregg moved into the manager's office and he gave it to, to DJ first. DJ. And then obviously Ali Dawson, I think, took it. But I, I think he can Sandy had filled in for Gregg as vice captain whenever he wasn't playing. I don't know why that, that is. I don't know why that. That happened like that. Maybe just it, again, there's a rumor that DJ and this could be completely wrong, but DJ apparently went to them and said, went to John Gregg and said, "Well, I'm chucking it if you don't give me the captaincy." And that was after scoring forty odd goals and winning the treble, you know. And Greg apparently said, "Well, he's given the captaincy." I don't know if that's true or no, but it's certainly a rumor that's going around. And I've put the feelers out to try and get Derek Johnson on the podcast to ask him questions like that because man's a legend, you know what I mean? And it'd be great to. Be great to chat to him, but Sandy, in my opinion, was the man well, maybe should have took it. There's only one candidate in there. Aye. I mean, I, I've never really actually gave it a thought about who took over Faye Greg, obviously, when he took the manager's job. I think if somebody, had, if before I'd done all this and I'd heard that, because like, you've, you've let me hear the one with Jim, before I'd, I'd done all that, I think I would have just assumed it was it was Sandy Jarden. <laughs> and I was surprised, to, I was surprised to hear. That it wasn't he? for all that for all the DJ is. You know? I would have, I would have, I would have said, and I would have argued, it's had to be Sandy Jarden. It's just oh, no other candidate for it, and no taking away from any other players that we had because also we had great players at that time. But Sandy Jarden had to be the the, the the captain in my opinion. But Greg obviously gave it to to DJ, and I think that rankled with Sandy a wee bit going forward. And then obviously you got the chance with his pal Alex McDonald to go to to go to Hearts. Aye. And probably, and Sandy's cell, give him an Indian summer a wee bit, it allowed him to play long, 
and he, you know, I don't know if he said 1100 God games, you know. Well, he, I think he played for Hearts. Bear in mind, he played 674 games for us, and then he went to Hearts and he ended up playing, I think it was like 187. 87 games, another. If he, if he gone in at 33 and then won in, was he 37 by the time he won the the, the Scottish Football Writers Player of the Year again? I, th- I think so. I think that was the age it was, I. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. I, I read as well John Robertson talking about him and about the, I, th- I think Hearts had get, had get relegated the season he went. Yeah. And he basically, he, he credited Sandy and probably Dodie and all, but instilling a, a, a bit of professionalism into the club. And obviously they went right back up. And they should have they should have won should have won the league in eighty six. They should have last day. And then you beat the Scottish Cup final the week after as well. I seen that three nine against Aberdeen. So that's terrible. I've remembered the the hearts. <laughs> I forgot who we played in, in the ones in the seventies. Murder man. But it's hard. It's hard looking back because you to say people doing this in the future. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't think there'll ever be somebody who's maybe younger that wants to do Rangers podcast that would particularly focus for two thousand and twelve to the, maybe two thousand eighteen to when Stevie G came in. But I mean, you'll be able to get footage. He's playing at the, the, the ball in the hedge, do you know what I mean? At breaking and stuff like that. For actually, when we go back to winning, and it, do you know, it's, it's actually a strange point because who was it that was saying it? It was Stephen Miller who was saying it on the David Mason podcast, which was released today. I didn't realise this, but, but years ago, winning things like the Scottish Cup and the League Cup, etc., you didn't get to, to go out and parade it. You know, it was handed over to a manager and a chairman in a, in a wee room. You know, so, so guys like Sandy, when they won the cup, they probably changed that. And I think it was John Gregg at Rangers, I think when we won the Scottish Cup, I think it was, it was the late 60s, early 70s, really, so I kind of mind. But John Gregg was one of the first that came out and they'd done a lap on in the park. And that was really the first time it had been done. So did they know, did they know go up on the, the podium and like that? No? no, I think later on, aye. But I think in the 60s, leading into that, mm-hmm. you know, late 60s, that, that was the really a thing. I think it was... I think it was thingies, and David Mason tells us that as well, actually. He says that the first time he, he really seen Rangers lift a cup was one of the finals, and he always remembers John Gregg running around the track and showing the fans the cup. But I always thought that, it's like you, the podium, it, you can up the steps at Hamden and, and you lift the cup. and ah. You know, but apparently that wasn't a huge... Because you see the things Eric Caldo's got the cup and that on his own shoulders, and, you know, and I always thought that was a thing, but apparently that wasn't a, an actual... Tradition that happened. So for guys like Sandy, I think changed that. Definitely, aye. Definitely. That's that's, that's the mad. That's the mad thing about it. But obviously, went to Hearts. We bit side but went to Hearts. Um, football rights player of the year. Well, before you go into Hearts, there was a. I think it was it was eighty one. Uh, you might have seen it as well. Just to just to point out, somebody's not seen it. He scored. We beat Kamarnock eight one. You seen that goal? I think I'd need to see it again to see if I don't know. I think it's right for the, the second half kick-off and the ball gets put out to him and he plays just two wee triangles. One, boom, pass the move, two one-twos and he just drives in and uh, the keeper gives him a bit of help. He hits it, he'd left fit again <laughs> and, uh, and the keeper just spills out into his thingy. But 
it's just a class, just a passive move. It's just class, man. Just uh, be positioning it right back, right through, drives into the middle, and and puts it in the net. It's just a great goal. So just to, to point that out, because oh, actually you've just reminded me as well because same command and stuff. Because Sandy, I think I'm sure it was I watched Sandy talking about it, and he said that when they were doing the whole running up and doing the sand dunes and stuff like that at Glen, the big jock when he first took over, but certainly when he was first involved in that side of things. All the times, because Sandy and all the guys at that time were fit athletes playing for Rangers, so they were a better standard than some of the clubs below them, obviously. And when Big Jock had done it before, Rangers players were beaten eight times really, really easily because, as I say, they were athletes. So Big Jock gave them the medicine balls and says, right, go and do it now. He says, and see you getting handed that? He says, and you're like that, going, oh, no. He says, I've just ran up and done that. going to the first post back, second post, then back to the first post, then back. He said, you just you thought you were getting there and then you were you were handed this medicine ball. But again, going back to the point that we've said, the games that he played, how long he played into his career, and towards the twilight of his career, sorry, that's probably, oh, that probably helped Sandy in the long run. Totally. I mean, you you could, you could I don't know who replaced him at Ibrox but, uh, when, he, when he left, but I dare say, Rangers probably, probably looked at it and went, you, you could have get a few more years ago. Whether Rangers would rather he would have kept playing after that, but it's just it's 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 no surprising. I keep I keep saying that, uh, but it really isn't when you when you read about it. What about I, I suppose leading by example? Because for for Macy this time, he's he's playing. He's still playing, Sandy. Yeah. So, and I, I watched a thing talking about Craig Levine and just talk about the basically the the, the reassuring. Presence that he was on the park for Just a guy, that. and uh, and how much he benefited benefited to it. We've already spoken about about John Robertson talking about it, and I, I, I guarantee if you were to speak to any of the Hearts players, any of the Rangers players that he played with, uh, about the influence that, that that Sandy would have had on them, for sure. He's just I, don't know, I I seen that Craig Levine thing, and Craig Levine saying that. Sandy was the one that just steadied him through it and just told him where to be, told him when to sit, told him when to go, told him when to dive in and no dive in, etc. And that's you can't buy that surely as a young player, you know, you have a guy like that. And even I mean, you hear of the, the games that the, the the old Rangers players played against staff, etc. At the time, John Gregg was even like that, I think, as well. There's a few out there that say that when they played centre half with John Gregg, John Gregg would do the same thing. Sit, hold, whatever, and Sandy was in that mould of guiding a youngster, obviously through the game. And well, Craig Levine, by all accounts, played. I can't say I've watched much of Craig Levine playing football, but by all accounts, a decent centre half. So, well, he says he says as well about um he, he, he says about him doing all his running for him. Aye. So that suggests to me, you know, as again, not seen much footage. That suggests to me, you know, that, that Sandy adapted as he was getting older, and obviously adapted. Really well. Yeah. To to wait ahead today for for his age at that point. Well, some of the Hearts players said as well that I think it was John Robertson that they had never shown up to training with a collar and tie. They'd never, you know, there was no standards like that set. And when Sandy came in there, it was a big part of saying, right, no, this is the way you behave. This is how you conduct yourself. This is how you dress, etc. And it became a thing that the Hearts players, I think, ridiculed at the start and said, it's point this, it's point that. But then I think they quickly realised that it made you feel like a football player. It made you feel different to the opposition. Aye. You show up, they're showing up in trackies. We're showing up, or the hearts at that time are showing up in their suit, etc. 
it gives you that wee mental thing. You go, fuck, they're a good team, by the way. Look, they look professional. And it's that psychological thing right for the start that you must... You, you, it's so... You know, it's so underestimated how important well, that is. It's about, it's about feeling without letting it go the other way and it turned into arrogance and, and, right. and unfounded confidence that you, you feel like you're... I would imagine it would make you like, we are better than them. Uh, you know, just just that, just as you say that, that how much mentally that it thinks, and it must have because they've went for they within two or three seasons, they've went. I think the I don't know if it was the first season they get promoted because they get promoted right back up, but they were playing. I think they went and end up playing in Europe, or they qualified for Europe, and then obviously, eighty six should really have won the league at least, if not a, a league and cup double. Uh, Aye. He, he says as well he turned the players to the Sand Dunes as well he turned the Hearts players to the Sand Dunes as well and, and done what Big Jock done to them and that's again you know you think you, they wee things that you pass on down the line it's mm. just it, it's what keeps a club going it's the tr- and I suppose although this, this episode of, the, of this series about Sandy is about the playing side of it but I think you need to touch upon what he did as well off the park in the sense of Sandy was the one that was huge on keeping our traditions going and making sure that these standards were maintained because when you get guys coming in and even taking the risk Gerard said itself Gerard if he's probably any other club would maybe adopt the the, the tracky thing Mm -hmm. you know and like you see more I mean Pep goes as if he's going to dancing do you know what I mean so to have have then him adopt that Sandy's part of that still even though he's not here and upholding the traditions well the the you spoke. You spoke a wee bit to, about it to to Jim about them being the guy that brings the players in oh, when they true. arrive in the signings and that sorts them out. Uh, and just the, the the way who he was as a person, he was just a, he was just basically the perfect guy for that. I always remember. I remember seeing pictures when uh, like when Jim like when left, mm-hmm. but it was the pictures and it was it was Sandy. He must have obviously been the man that sorted them out for him. It was the uh, leaving, you know, uh, whatever it was, and it was him coming out of wherever he was staying. Uh, even in a situation like that, you could, you probably couldn't get a better guy. I can, only, I can only imagine the way he, he would have been. With he would have treated uh, Le Guin even at that point. He would have no reason not to, but he would have still, regardless, uh, he would have treated him with the utmost uh, dignity and. And class that he has served them all the way through time he was at Ibrox. And 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 I'm I'm pretty sure if Paula Green was was never to be asked about he might have some things to say about some people here, but I'm pretty sure he would have nothing to say bad about Sandy Jarden. And he was nobody the only one. It's just it was a perfect as you say, a perfect guy to have in that capacity in the club and to show to show these the, the people coming in but why it's so why it's so important to your history and our traditions, mm-hmm. and he's he, 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 having him about the place as well. I mean, he was the when a young foreigner say came over, he was the point of call. He was the man that sorted out a flat. He was the man that sorted out a car. He looked after so many people at that club, and, and even going into two thousand and twelve, I think he just threw an arm around the full club. To be quite honest with you, and Aye. went in and fought the battles against the people that that we didn't like to see at the club, and it's just how. 
and they say you know cancer side and stuff like that and, and stress as, as Jim Han alluded to as well but did that did that lead to Sandy becoming ill you know it'd be sad if that's the case that really they guys couldn't take their club away from us in 2012 but they might have played a hand and actually helping to take away some of the guys one of the guys that you know we hold, we hold in such high esteem and, and somebody who who should never be forgotten and, and stand in the Sandy Jordan stand now. Thankfully, we've got in the bus that, that he's got in the marble staircase. That'll never be the case. But I just I feel better about that, you know, think, thinking that way. And I, and I, I, it's just the way I feel. I, I just think that's that's wrong that these guys might possibly play the hand in stressing that much that that Sandy led to becoming ill. You're you're totally right. It's I think big big Greg. He uh, he left, didn't he? He left. Aye. When um when it all started to the shit started to hit the fan with with Craig White and to be honest we probably should have I don't think anybody took that as a warning. No. When we really should have, to be honest with you. I think we never really looked into it as much as we should have. But the the other side of it is you've got Sandy there who stayed and done what he could free within Ibrooks. Mm-hmm. And I can all you you, you, you know exactly what they've been doing. They've been fighting our corner at every every point. And we heard a wee bit of that about, about as, as you spoke, as I'm not going to give too much away for the one we jumped. I was, was telling you about where he, he, he speaks about that and about him, he just his determination to, to get us to where we are now. And it's sad, as you say, that he never, he never got to see his back. We're not quite there yet, mm-hmm. but we're certainly... We're on a we're in a, a a far better place than we were then. Well, I think when we do go up to to get that fifty five the, the trophy for fifty five, and hopefully it's not too far away. We hear the Champions League music back at Ibrox. I think we owe a lot of that to, to Sandy, despite him not being here. And uh, as you said about the Jim Hanna stuff, it was quite touching to hear him because he's talking about him as a friend. Remember as well, first and foremost, not just a colleague and not just somebody who's helped fight in a battle. But you've got John Gregg, number one all time. Appearances for Rangers, top top the greatest ever Rangers voted. Second, you get Dougie Gray, third, Sandy Jardin. So so for me, we had two of two of our best at, at our club at that time. And it shows you John Gregg obviously felt as though he would be able to make a bigger statement by resigning. But I think it showed the measure of Sandy, and I'm not saying it doesn't have John Gregg, because obviously John Gregg that had an effect. Probably we were to blame for that, no John. Aye, we were to blame for that. Exactly, aye. But, but but Sandy, obviously, I think, testament to the man, turned around and says, no, well, I'm better off inside fighting rather than outside looking in. And I think that just sums up, again, putting the club and the fans before himself. No, totally. They, as, as I said somewhere you there, that you, they both of them made, a, both made a, a, a statement in their own way. Yeah. Um, but it does it does totally sum them up. And then, as, as uh, I, don't, I, I think you mentioned it earlier on, but it was me and you that went to that march, it was us two together that went to that march to Hamden. And just the, the, the perfect guy for it. And I, I, I think the, there's no many other guys that could get us to do something like that and do it so well. Yep. If it was Sandy Jarden that was yep. asking to do it. And obviously, if people listening to the, the Jim Hanna pod, they'll hear that in great depth and some funny stories, some some really really you know emotional stories talking about obviously Andy when he was in the well and stuff. But the the thingy the, the March ones are, I can't. 
Brilliant. Absolutely. And again, I didn't know that. I didn't know that till I heard it. So I didn't know no. that. So again, it's, no, it's no. worth its worth its its weight in gold for that alone. But to have, I think you're right. To have ten thousand show up when Sandy was telling the, the police that it would maybe be five six hundred that showed up. To have roughly ten thousand people showing up to march for Queens Park to Hamden. I mean, you think Sandy and, and Jim Hannah at the front of the line, right? So see when they got to the top of the stairs, the queue of people that were coming round, they must have been there for about fifteen minutes before. Everybody was crammed into that wee car park. Aye. Well, I remember. I remember us stoning. We were. We thought we were at the back, <laughs> and we're like, right, we'll, we'll probably this will probably be us. And then you, you turn around <laughs> and there's however many behind us still. But <laughs> as I say, I'd, you 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 touch on it a wee bit when you're speaking to speaking to Jim. There's a there's. You could talk about about. Uh, I was saying I've, I've probably already mentioned that about the the unity. There's other guys could could ask to do that, and they wouldn't get the same thing. Yeah. I say about the organisation. I know is what San Diego. Aye. And for that's that's just another reason why it's for out there for for him to support him and what he was trying to do for us as much as we were out to to help the club. Yeah. Yeah. And I think can us. If there's anything else you want to add, then we can add it. But I think, you know, starting to wrap it up a wee bit, Sandy said at the top of the stairs that day, he thanked the fans for being such great ambassadors for, for Rangers Football Club. And to be quite honest with you, there's no greater way of saying that that's exactly what the man was. He probably was the greatest ambassador for Rangers Football Club. And I, and I know we have many that... That, that you would maybe turn and say, oh, but he was as well, he was as well. For me, in my opinion, Sandy's the greatest ambassador that the club's ever had and will ever have. Well, I had to see the way I, I look at it, Scott. When I think back, me and you are 28. Are you, no, I'm saying that, you're 29. I'm 29, <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> but we, me and you, we're, we're in our 20s, and see when I think back to when we were in... I, 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 I hope we've not embarrassed ourselves today with our, our knowledge, but the, the me, I think you'll agree. Me and you, we like to take in as much as we can about about Rangers' history and and what's happened, and and I think we we back ourselves to know what we're, what we're talking about for a lot of things. But the see when I think back to being a young boy and and just growing up and starting to, to learn to, to to enjoy supporting the club and that. Uh, there's four names I think he feel like before that nine in a row era and maybe even the soonest one, and it's it's Big Greg, John Greg, Jim Baxter, um, David Cooper, and Sandy Jarden. Uh, before before I knew anything really, I knew any four guys, mm-hmm. and I think that just that that says it all. Uh, one one thing that we the the we never, we never mentioned was he was in the, he's in the, the greatest eleven, isn't he as well? Yep. And right, I, so I think, I think if you were to ask some Rangers supporters, when that was done, it was there was a bit of, uh, I think it was, it must have been, I think it might have been ninety nine, I'm not sure, but the nine arose fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah. I think it maybe dictated how the how the voting might have went, but. There's only, there's only one guy that's going to play. Right. This is maybe a debate for another podcast, and I think I would like to, to do that and go into a greatest 11 mm-hmm. that maybe would be different to, to the, what was actually voted. 
but you you hit it the nail on the head. You can only you can only look back on the players that there's footage of. So Aye. your guys like David Meikle, John, Sam English, there's, mm-hmm. there's there's an array of players out there that that, that should be in that bracket that only because we don't have footage of them, and you can only vote for what you can see. And Aye. Jeff Holmes, Jeff Holmes touches on it perfectly and sums it up perfect in the in the pod we've done with him. And again, his knowledge is frightening at the club, and I take his word for a lot of things. His books are great, and he says that as well that you can only really vote on players that you that you can see. Aye. And John Gregg is the greatest ever Ranger because of that. But you never know; there might have been somebody else out there. Aye, definitely. You know, well, you don't know about this, but we've got a wee montage about Sandy. He's gone to finish the pod, no, us. So, right. Well, the last thing I'll say is that uh, I asked my dad about about Sandy Jarden. And he's been saying a lot of the things that we are saying, but yeah. the one thing he did tell me was that his cousin, who I think is he'll be he'll be late forties now, but his cousin, uh, his first words were Sandy Jarden. So <laughs> there you go. And then when he met him, he couldn't. He was speechless. He couldn't say anything. It was <laughs> so That's brilliant. Everything in a man. But listen, Biggie, thanks very much for for asking me to do it. No, thanks for coming on. It will not be the last. I don't know about a rabble. This is my first. Podcast, <laughs> you know, so I, I probably did a bit of rabbling at, at points, but I hope everybody enjoys it anyway. So you go back to listen to my first, you'll hear eh, ooh, ah, ah, all the time, so don't worry about it. So, um, but it'll nobody, nobody, the last one then, because we're going to look at maybe players and teams, and as I said, Greatest 11 probably would be one that would be good today and stuff like that, and, and we'll get back on to doing stuff like that in the future. So, thanks very much. I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. All right, big man, cheers. There's lots of great clubs. But what makes us a wee bit different is we value our history, we value our traditions. We've always had great players, big crowds, and we've always won things. Beside probably the greatest players that I've ever played for Rangers in Scotland. Do you think that your name's up there and you come in and you can see it and it's there forever? It's fantastic. If I look back at my career and my whole career at Rangers, it's one of the proudest moments. Huge crowds on the park. Couldn't believe it. And it's hard to see, I think there must have been eight, ten thousand there. We had more at that match than any crowd at Scottish football that day. It was something I was really proud of, you know, just to be involved in.
Just a love of the club, a belief in the club. It is a family. That's what makes our club different from other clubs. Integrity, uh, tradition, value in it, standards. We shouldn't lose that. And the biggest thing for me is proud to be a ranger. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.